In today's episode, we're talking with someone who, in my humble opinion, is one of the world's foremost experts in creating engaging email experiences and selling through that format. And I know this is going to be a great one. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really happy to be here with you today. And to get the quick update out of the way, just want to say thanks to all the people that continue to, uh, you know, give positive ratings and reviews for the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Um, you know, I, I say it, I think, almost every episode, but I really could not be happier with the wonderful reception that it's gotten, the wonderful feedback, the wonderful enthusiasm, all the emails, all the reviews. And it's also bleeding over into the new YouTube channel that's supporting it. So thank you guys so much for that. For those that have been asking or wondering and are not watching this or listening to this um, on the main Shatter the Mold website, you could basically, you know, automate yourself over to the Amazon listing for the book or even the audiobook of that by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com. Um, with that said, um, you know, just to kind of prep for today's guest, I should tell you, I was actually, I, I chased this guy down for a while. And I, I mean, I've, I've known him through social media for a decent amount of time. And um, the timing just, you know, for a while wasn't right for him to dive on and be a podcast interview. And, um, but, you know, I always wanted to have him on because he is such a wealth of marketing and for that matter, life insight. And uh, he kind of, at one point, um, put out a little note, uh, a little post on Facebook saying that he's, he's about to dive into some podcasts. And I jumped on the opportunity and invited him on and he said yes. And you guys are gonna about to understand why I wanted so badly to have him on the show, not to oversell it. But Dave Miz runs a company called The Email Experience. You can check it out at theemailexperience.com. And, you know, the long and short of it is he helps e-commerce brands scale with done-for-you email. And, you know, Saying it, obviously, you know, that puts it very direct on, on what he does, but there's a deeper magic to how he goes about it. And this is someone, you know, he's been at this um, since, I think, 2005, you know, selling online, really reaching people through the power of email, which, let me tell you, is the furthest thing from dead. And um, Dave is one of the people that really proves that every single day. He's also got a really awesome program that I've joined called List Convert, again, with the uh, basically the goal of helping you connect with your customers through emails that actually engage them and that, you know, they they have a purpose to them. They're they're helpful to the customer. They help you sell more. They help you serve better. I mean, it's it's basically wins all around. And um I can tell you for right by now, I, I usually like I like to pride myself on giving awesome introductions, but um, not to, again, overhype Dave, but that introduction doesn't really do him justice. Um, you'll see. I really go down the rabbit hole with him as much as I can in this interview, and I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's just get into it. I'm going to switch mics, and this will be me introducing Dave and diving on into things. Mr. Dave Miz, thank you so much for being here, man, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, I, it's funny, like a lot of the guests that I have on this show, I don't really know, or I've just met, or I've just learned about. And you're unique in that regard, where I've been peripherally, at, at least in some level, aware of you for probably over 10 years now. And um, for people that don't know, 
um, you know, I'll, I'll toot your horn a bit. I mean, you are basically a master when it comes to email marketing and marketing in general. And, you know, I'm wondering what, oh, what first, ins- yeah, man. And like, I'm wondering, like, well, I guess we'll start from the beginning. Like what got you in that direction to begin with? Like, how did you fall into email marketing? If I'm using even the perfect term for that. And, you know, like what, what really inspires you to keep going with that in that direction every single day? Do you want to hear the craziest part of the story? Uh, it starts way before that, but uh, do you ever see the movie Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. Do you ever see the movie Boiler Room? Mm-hmm. So I, I used to do that in my early 20s, my early to mid-20s. Oh, wow. um, all right. You carved out a stone in that case. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I literally got the best sales education in the world, um, but I was so young and naive, I really didn't know like, what the fuck was going on. Uh, you know, until it was, until I was like, you know, like neck, you know, like neck into it, you know, like neck deep into it, I guess is the word or, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, waist high into it. Um, and then, you know, the, the dot com boom started, this is like, you know, around 1999, 2000. And I, uh, I decided, you know what, uh, I'm sick of this shit. You know, like it was just too much stress. It was too, too crazy. Um, good money, but it was just just to the lifestyle is just not good or healthy, uh, you know, long-term. And I, I literally walked into my boss's office one day. I was coming back to work because we had to work at night to prospect when the markets were closed. And I remember there was an ad for the art Institute, which obviously is closed down right now. They're not even around anymore. That just kind of shows you how long ago it was. Hmm. Um, and they said, Hey, you know, like make a hundred thousand a year designing websites, you know, like back then websites were like a big thing. Um, so I walked into the office, boss's office one day and I was like, I quit. And he was like, what? Because I was like <laughs> one of the top guys. I was like the youngest guy in the company, but I was like in the top five in terms of production. And, and they were like, what? And wow. um, they're like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm, I'm going to learn how to design websites. And they all looked at me like cross-eyed, like I was an idiot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll never forget the look. It was like three bosses. They all look at me like I'm an idiot. You know, like when your dog looks at you sideways, like what? <laughs> and they were well, like, website. And they all started laughing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they all started laughing at me, and, and I was like, okay, cool, not a problem. So I left, uh, went back to school, moved back home with my parents, saved money. And um, yeah, I, I remember at the time uh, what I was doing was, you know, learning how to design websites. And I remember getting the itch to, like, what is this internet thing? You're right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's got to be a way to make money on the internet. That was like the, the first idea there's got to be a way to make money on it. So I, I started down the rabbit hole and I found this guy. Um, he had like one website and he was like selling a product, like an info, an ebook on it. And then like he would have a link to another website that he had that was selling something else. It was like this, this maze of websites. The guy's name is Mark Joyner. Um, you know, they call him the godfather uh, of internet marketing. Yes. Um, and I, I was just like in amazement with this whole thing. Um, and then I ended up finding this forum for internet marketers. Uh, I started learning about that. I started designing websites, uh, not making a dime basically, you know, back then. And, um, you know, that's how the whole itch started. You know, I started by spending 30 minutes a day on ESPN.com, uh, you know, cause I was just into sports and basketball and stuff. And then little by little, I started like venturing out into the world of, of the internet and, and learning a little bit about this, about that. Um, yeah, and that's that's really how it all started. The just with that one question, there's got to be a way to make money on this thing. Wow! And, and, and that's how how it started. 
and you know, I, I spent a little time with Mark in, in Thailand last year. He was at this event. And so, I mean, I know all of what he's about. So <laughs> hearing, you know, the, the quote unquote boiler room experience and hearing about Mark Joyner, I mean, you from the very beginning, I mean, obviously you're sharp and just by evidence of the fact that you were a star when you got there before they even had a chance to train you, but you also exposed yourself or found yourself exposed to the highest level of sales insight and strategy that one can hope for, especially at that time in the world when the internet really was busting out. Well, this was before call waiting and caller ID, you know, like this was like the end of the era basically for, for call, you know, like call rooms or boiler rooms or or whatever you want to, you want to call it. Once call waiting started and caller ID that, that probably just killed everything. But, uh, you know, I, I got thrown in with the sharks like that's what I tell everybody. Um, you know, you you either sink or swim. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't give a fuck if if you don't produce, you're out. You know, like so you're, they're going to replace you with somebody else. Um, right. And I, I, you know, you either had to perform or not. I remember there was many days, like the first month, I wasn't making a dime. I would see people get their paychecks, like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand for two weeks, and I was like getting nothing. You know, I remember going into the bathroom and I would just sit there in the toilet. I didn't even have to go to the bathroom. I was just sitting there like depressed like almost on the verge of like bawling, um, you know, like what the fuck is wrong with me? I suck, you know, all these different things in my head. Um, and, and I just, even though I had all those doubts and I wasn't making any money, I just kept going, you know, I, I just pushed those aside and just kept, just kept going. And, and eventually I broke through. Um, and I think that's just a lesson in life, right? Like you're going to suck in the beginning, no matter what you do. Um, there's maybe a few things in life where you maybe get lucky and you're good at right off the bat. Um, but I feel like you're probably going to suck in the beginning at no matter what you do. And you just have to, you know, put plow through, you know, push through, mm. um, you know, no matter what you're, whatever it is, you just have to keep going, um, and, and just, you know, keep your eye on the prize. Um, you know, so, so yeah, so I started that, um, ended up doing the, the dating offer just kind of happened, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because, well, here's the thing, you know, you, you had this in, and let me know if I got the, the name wrong. I think it's like insider internet dating. I think that was the name yep. of the program. And you basically showed people this is now we're at a level where like match.com is a thing, but this is not Tinder yet. So we're not in the dating app level things yet. We're just like on dating websites. And what I see, like looking back on that is that you basically used sales psychology in order to make your profile stand out and make yourself stand out. And let me know if I'm, if I'm misrepresenting that, but that's the impression that I got. Not that you were, you weren't like giving like a sales offer, but you were just using the human psychology based on sales. Yeah. So at that time I was really, really big into direct response marketing and, and split testing and the whole idea. And so what I started doing was taking profiles of different people and different pictures. And I started just like combining them all together just to, and I would put them up in different cities just to see like what was working and what wasn't working. And I started like seeing patterns of things that were working, things that weren't working. Um, and then I started like testing out different kinds of emails, uh, like to send. And what happened was I got really good at doing it and I was in school at the time. So, you know, I figured, you know, like I was a little bit older than the, the rest of the, the, the people in my school. So, I was like, okay, let me, let me try this online dating thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the computer all day long and you know, it makes sense. And I sucked in the beginning. I really, really sucked again, just like anything. Right. I sucked in the beginning, but I kept doing it and it got to the point where I was going on dates like every night of the week. 
And to the point where like my friends would call me and say, Hey, let's go out. I'm like, I can't, I got a date tonight. You know, what about tomorrow night? I can't, I got a date tomorrow night. What about Saturday? I can't, I got a date Saturday. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you selling drugs or something? Like, and and the crazy thing is I would always go to like these two different bars in South beach and you know, I live in, in Miami. And so I would go to these two like dive bars and the bouncer one day pulls me over and he's like, okay you've been coming here for like two weeks straight and every fucking night you bring in a different girl. What kind of drugs are you selling? <laughs> I was like, no, dude, I'm not. I'm not. It's match.com, man. Match.com, plenty of fish. He was like, what? You know, and because then, you know, like the stigma even still back then was like, um, you know, like match.com is for dorks or for geeks, you know, yeah. even for the girls, right? Like uh, not just for the guys, but for the girl, you know, on the girl side too. But, uh, you know, I was bringing really, really attractive girls. Um, you know, so it was kind of funny. And then my friends started asking me for help, you know, and cause they started seeing the girls I was going out with. And then the, the strange thing started happening after a few months of this is that like friends of friends started reaching out to me. So like, wow. you know, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm John, you know, Hey, what's up? It's John. I'm friends with Dan. He told me about what you're doing on match.com. He told me you can like teach me this shit. And so it started happening like regularly. And I was like, Hmm maybe I can make a product about this because so many people are asking me about it. So I had the idea to do that. And then at the time I, I had a friend who was working for Eben uh, in his double year dating company. And he, mm-hmm. um, he told him all the stuff I was doing and he said, you know, Eben wants to interview you for his, uh, you know, interview series. And I was, uh, you know, was of course, super gung ho. Um, so we did the interview um, I, I thought it went well, but I had no idea, you know, it was like the first interview I, I had done on the, on that thing. And at the end of the interview, he told me, you know, the interview is probably going to go out on about two to three months from now. We'll let you know a couple of weeks ahead. So you have time to prepare. So I'm thinking like, okay, cool. No bullshit. Probably two or three weeks later, I wake up. It's like a Saturday morning. I'm super hungover. And I wake up, I go to the computer, I check my email and there's like 500 emails four or 500 emails. Wow. And they all basically say the same thing. And they're like, I, I heard the interview. I went to the website and, there, and there's nothing there. <laughs> so I email a bunch of these guys back. I'm like, uh, what interview, what website? Right. Cause I'm not expecting this thing to come out for like another two, three months. Right. And, and just a quick um, thing like Evan Pagan, who did, you know, who was, under David D'Angelo, double your dating. Did you realize the reach that he had when you did this? Oh, interview? I, I I knew because I had bought his ebook many, like maybe two years before this. Gotcha. So he was like one of my early teachers, I guess, or mentors in that. So it was really cool to do the interview with him because a lot of the stuff I was, you know, I, I developed was kind of originated from him. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of put my own spin on it and, you know, expanded on it or, or took it to online dating specifically. So you knew it was legit. You just didn't expect this kind of reaction and you just, it just didn't occur to you that this was going to happen. I kind of had an idea that that's, you know, when it comes out, maybe it'll, it'll do well, but I wasn't expecting it for like two to three more months. So I like, mm. I'm in my boxers, I'm putting up like an opt-in page and I'm like, you know, cause I got to collect these emails before they, you know, they just disappear. Um, and I didn't even remember the name that I, the domain name that I left at the end of the interview. Oh no. <laughs> That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. You know? Um, yeah, no comment on the, uh, about that one, but um, I think I registered like two domain names. Luckily I got it right. Um, so yeah, I started building up a list and 
you know, that's how it really all started. Um, you know, I, I, I was good at email, obviously, because I was doing, you know, using email on online dating sites, but it was a different context. I was using it to get women to respond to, you know, send me phone numbers to, you know, agree to go out on dates. Um, you know, it, it was a little different. So I really started learning email marketing almost by accident, right? Like by necessity, I had this, this list that was growing uh, from this interview and I had nothing to sell them at this point. Like I really had nothing nothing to sell them, you know, like wow. the idea, I had an idea for the product. I kind of like knew what I was going to do, but, um, I didn't, you know, I had nothing done at, at that point. Um, so okay. I, I remember at that time, very, very, very vividly, I was living upstairs from my parents. Um, I had probably about $2,000 to my name in the bank. Um, and, and I was like at the end of the road, like it, it was either like shit or get off the pot kind of thing. And you know how like uh, Russell Brunson always says you're like what you're one funnel away. Mm-hmm. Well, super true, super <laughs> true. You 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 re- you know it, it sounds kind of like bogus and stuff, but you really are just just one funnel away. So, um, it, it was like my back was against the wall at that point. Like either I succeed or get a job, right? Like I I knew it was one or the other. Um, and it was crazy because, you know, I did this interview, I'm, I'm building up this list, but I didn't have anything to sell them. So I needed to stall them until I figured out what to do. So the, the idea for the emails really just came out of almost like, you know, necessity. Mm-hmm. It, was to st- it was to stall people and buy me some time. So I was like, okay, I, like, what do I do? So I said, okay, hmm, I'm going to send tips through email, but I have nothing to sell them. So I have no pitch, right? Mm, right. So I was like, okay, hmm, here's an email, you know, like this is a mistake that you're probably making, you know, online, blah, 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 blah. And that's it. I hope you guys dig it. Done. No pitch. And my copy was horrible, right? I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I thought I was doing pretty good, but you know, looking, if I look at the emails now, I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's a mess. (laughs) But what happened was unbeknownst to me, this was building up a lot of goodwill with my audience because I was just giving out tips. I was giving value and I wasn't asking for anything in return. Right. And like in many ways, it was almost like a blessing because you were getting these people so warm to you that when you finally did have the offer ready, there was was a a reciprocity built in there that they almost just wanted to pay just for that thing, even if they didn't expect to get more from you. Right. Right. And this is the goodwill that you, that you build up. Um, Do you remember, uh, you know, it reminds me of, uh, remember the movie Dazed and Confused? Very vaguely. Very vaguely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in Dazed and Confused, I don't know if you remember, but the, the, the quarterback, he's like the, the most popular guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's friends with everybody. And there's like this young kid who, you know, his older sister is, is, you know, friends with the quarterback. And he takes this young kid, the younger brother, like under his wing. And he invites him to like all the parties. He p- brings him in the car with him and stuff like that. You want to be like him, like that quarterback. You want to be the cool friend that's showing the new guy around and inviting them places. That's like the mindset that you really want to have. And I right. think, you know, for the audience that knows Days and Confused, you'll, you'll really get the analogy. And so I think you have to really realize how important that building that goodwill is, especially early on when somebody doesn't really know you yet and they're still maybe a little bit skeptical. Right. Right. Super, mm. super important. And obviously there's no point in building trust or building goodwill if you can't sell anything. So the best way to do that is by giving them value first without asking for anything. And, and like, I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but it works like fucking crazy. 
Um, and what it does is it really attracts people to you, the right people who, re- who your content resonates with, who your, your tips resonate with, who your writing resonates with. And then the, the side effect is it gets people really wanting to see and open and read your emails because they know that you're not going to like beat them over the head with a pitch every time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm curious, like how long were you building that, that, that goodwill until you finally had something legitimate ready for them? Um, it was probably like two weeks maybe or so. Um, okay. Yeah. I was doing this and I was just kept doing it and I was trying to figure out like what the fuck am I going to do here? <laughs> you know, I'm using a Mac. This is 2005. There's no Camtasia. There's no screen flow for Macs. There was like this one like screen recording software and it was really bad. It like crashed your computer all the time. So I had to figure out plan B. Who do I know that has a PC that I can borrow? And like one of my best friends, I went to his apartment. He was like, yeah, man, you can use my, my computer. He was out partying all weekend. He was going to pool parties. I remember this very, very vividly. He would, he would invite me to the pool parties, sending me pictures and stuff. And I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. you know, like I had, I had fear of missing out, but I was like, I got to get this done. So, um, so yeah, I got it done on his computer. It took me like two days. Uh, you know, I, st- I crashed at his apartment for the weekend and, and just, and just did it. Um, but, but the, the idea here is really like, when you aren't trying to sell somebody something, but you have the mindset that you're just showing them something cool and you already know that they're interested in it, obviously they wouldn't be on your list if they weren't interested in it. Mm-hmm. it, it changes the whole dynamic, right? Because right. your mindset is, I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm just showing you something cool that I know you're interested in. Right. So obviously, you know, that that's a well-established, like built in, it's, it's baked into your process. Now, anytime you put up a a new product, Mm -hmm. do do you have in your own mind or your own strategy? Like, is there a certain timing of like, now, whenever I put a new product out, I'm waiting two weeks and doing this, or you're waiting five days or like, do you have a certain way of doing this? No, I think, you know, once you've built up that initial goodwill, I think, you know, you don't have to wait necessarily to do it, but I think it's Mm -hmm. a good idea. I mean, it's definitely something worth testing. Um, We just haven't done it on on any of the newer stuff, Um, but we do, you know, similar. We'll do like videos, uh, like video content, Um, and then there's just a link to the offer, um, you know, right underneath, but it's it's just pure, you know, pure video content. But um, there was something that was really interesting that was happening when I was doing this. Um, So... The, the emails were, were very like not salesy because I wasn't trying to sell anything. I was just, you know, giving value. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was happening was, and I didn't even realize this at the time, my list was going berserk. They were emailing me every fucking day. People were emailing me every day asking me if there was anything that I could buy, that they could buy. Wow. So think about that. Like you're, you're, you're not trying to sell anything. You're just giving value. And then they love the content so much. They're emailing you asking you if there's anything that you could buy. So Really, really interesting. Um, so when I, I ended up launching, I wrote the sales letter myself. It sucked, but I couldn't afford a copywriter. I had $2,000 to my name, um, you know, so I did the best that I could. Um, but building up that goodwill changed everything. We, I had a list of 1,788 people when I launched. You know, there's certain things that you remember forever. That's going to be the, something I always remember. Um, I, I remember when I hit send. You know, the, the number 1788 was the number. Um, we sold 395 copies the first day at 97 bucks a pop. Wow. So almost what? Almost 39 grand the first day. Wow. I had $2,000 to my name. 
And I remember like running downstairs to my dad was home that day. And I remember like, dad, I just did like $2,000. My dad like didn't even flinch. He was like, I think watching soccer or something like that. And then <laughs> like, I remember going back upstairs, coming back down, dad, I'm at like $7,000. Didn't flinch. Went back upstairs. Dad, I'm at $15,000. Didn't flinch. Came down again. Dad, I'm at 22500 And I remember that because he turned around and he was like, what? Like, that was the first reaction I got from him all day. Wow. And he just, you know, nothing. And then I came back. Dad, I'm at like $28,000. And he like looks at me. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, do you not remember any of the conversations we had before this? Like, <laughs> were you like not paying attention, you know? Um so it was a really funny moment. And then, you know, at the end of the day, when I, I did like 39,000 that day, I remember we were at dinner, we had dinner that night and, and I was, he, he still couldn't grasp it. Like he was happy that, that I did it. Um, but he still had no idea like what the fuck I did. Um, and, and even back then, you know, internet marketing was kind of like, nobody knew what it was back then. Uh, now, you know, I go to Starbucks and I see people doing like internet marketing stuff. It's like normal. Um, but back then, you know, it was, it was totally totally different we ended up selling about a thousand or so copies the first month at 97 bucks a pop uh, my list i think grew probably at the peak was about 126,000 or 127,000 emails um and, and and i did so many things wrong I, I i sucked at seo i sucked at paid traffic um i hated playing the affiliate game um i, I was i was just good in the especially in the beginning because I was giving value to my list and I was trying to help them first and I was building up this massive amount of goodwill. And the side effect was that I was creating a buying frenzy for my product without even knowing it. Wow. Unbelievable. Quick, quick sidebar. Just, I was just thinking about this as you said it, I, you know, hear stories that are more recent where people do well all of a sudden and like PayPal's like, we're going to hold on your money. We don't know if this is like legit. Was your mm-hmm. bank nervous that you brought $40,000 in out of the blue? Well, no, I had a merchant account. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, a, I had a good relationship with the merchant account provider just through clients that I was working with before, you know, designing websites. So, uh, um, you know, in this business, it's really important to have, you know, to meet people, to, you know, stay in contact with people and have a good network of people. So uh, the merchant account company that was, um, they were the same merchant account company my clients were using. And I was designing websites for unbeknownst to me at, in, in the moment, uh, really big internet marketing, quote unquote, gurus. Um, so I had one client that was really, really big guy, probably like the, at that time, like one of the biggest. Um, and so, you know, he introduced me to his merchant account provider. So obviously, you know, coming from him, you know, they, they took really, really good care of me. Um, and, and yeah, so I didn't have any issues with that. Um, you know, not, not using PayPal, um, you know, I had a real merchant account, um, at the time. You know, I, I hear you describing all this and it's, it's so interesting. It's also so awesome to hear because you're, I'm hearing from you, I'm hearing hard work and I'm hearing kind of like luck. It's kind of like you're busting your ass, but you also fell into good things while you were doing it. And I think that's important to note because I think a lot of times people, they, they almost like don't they take for granted the fact that good things are going to happen while you're busting your ass that you have no control over. Well, you know, it's like that old saying, the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Mm-hmm. My bosses, when I was in the boiler rooms, like that's what they used to just drill into our head. You know, the, the, the harder you work, the more calls you make, the, the luckier you're going to get. And, you know, they, it was just because they wanted us to, you know, really bust ass and make like three, 400 phone calls a day. Um, you know, so 
it, it's it's super true. Um, you know, I think the universe just kind of rewards you, and and you you just kind of get in that the the right energy, and and you just attract the uh, you know the right things. Um, but you know, something to really really note with this goodwill is that really the whole dynamic changes when people are coming to you mm-hmm. asking you to buy something versus you trying to sell them something. Yeah. That was the other thing that really like leapt out at me as you were like describing things. I'm thinking like, what a, what a wonderful goal to have to be so good at what you do and so willing to give value that the people are, are kind of like, they're begging you. It's like, like, take my money, please. When it gets to the point where they're asking you to sell them something, to ask you to create something that's like, what a sign, right? Yeah. But you have to be, you know, you have to ditch your ego and you have to be open-minded to it. There was a point in time when, um, MySpace was like really hot. Mm. And I remember I was getting emails like nonstop from my customers. Like, are you going to come out with a MySpace product? And I was just so into my head, like, fuck no. I'm just, this is my only product. This is it, you know? Right. And, uh, I don't know if it was ego at the time or, or just kind of stubbornness, but I probably could have made a couple million dollars off of a MySpace product that yeah. I never ended up doing. Um, and that also know, would so, have positioned you for Facebook after that. Yeah. And I just never, um, I, I just never did it. You know, I was so focused like and stubborn on, on what I was doing. I, I just didn't want to do anything else. Right. Um, you know, yeah. so um, yeah, man, it, it, it was going great. Um, at that time, um, you know, it was like a tsunami. Um, and, and then literally three to four weeks, that first month after I launched, um, you know, disaster struck. My dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I, I really like, I'm not going to say I ditched the business because I was still working pretty hard on it. But I was, I decided to spend as much time with him as possible because I knew how serious it was. Um, but you know, like I was kind of being pulled in many different directions. You know, I was asked to be in Vanity Fair magazine in the wall street journal. I was interviewed in playboy, you know, everybody was asking for interviews because of what I was doing and how, like these crazy results I was getting, you know, with, with online dating. Um, but you know, I was obviously more focused on my dad. Um, you know, so it, it was kind of like the biggest roller coaster in life that you could imagine, you know, like the highest of high and the lowest of low, but it was happening at the same time. So it was, you know, I was living like two lives really, um, you know, which was, it was crazy. Um, but it really gave me a good perspective on life. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, so, you know, that was kind of the beginning phase, right? Like I figured out how to do this, this email thing and, and create like this frenzy and get people to like want what I was, what I was offering. But then like, you know, after my dad passed, I was like, oh shit, you know, I need to take things more seriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I had $2,000 to my name, like two and a half years ago. Now my dad's gone. I've got my mom and sister to take care of and, and all, a whole bunch of bills. And like, holy shit, I've got this dating offer <laughs> that's making me money. Like what the hell is, you know, um, even back then it was still like a weird kind of little niche. Um, right. So I had right. to figure out how to make this thing evergreen, right? Like how to take it to the next level. And so that's when I started really looking at email automation stuff, right? Gotcha. And so at that time, you know, this is like 2010, sometime around then, 2010-ish. Um, 
And so like the email automation tools started becoming more advanced back then. Cause like in the beginning, the only thing you could do with email stuff was like, you know, day one, send this email, day two, send this email, day three, send this email, day four, send nothing, day five, send this. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was the only thing you could do. And then all of a sudden, you know, like 2011 ish, 2010 ish, you could do all this kind of crazy shit that you couldn't do before. You could segment people and you could do like all these crazy sequences and stuff like that. So I was, I was like a kid in a candy store at that point, you know, like all these cool toys to play with. Right. Um, You know, so what had happened was I was surfing the internet one day. Well, you know, I was surfing the internet every day. That was, I was like OCD back then with, with surfing the internet. And I started seeing these ads and they were for this financial offer. And I think it was Motley Fool or, or one of these companies. Mm-hmm. And I saw this one ad and it caught my eye and I kept seeing it over and over and over again. And you know, from, from marketing, if you keep seeing the same ad, that means they're probably making money. Otherwise they would never you know keep doing it. So I, I clicked, I opted in. And then I started getting their emails. But what I noticed was if I clicked an email, they would send me another email afterwards. And it was almost like they knew that I clicked that email. Right. Cause they did. And right. They, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was like, what the hell is this? Like, Whoa, wait a second here. Like, uh, hold on a second. So I had to figure this out and, and you know, I'm really good at like reverse engineering shit. That's just something probably just my nature. Um, so I spent some time. I started researching this company. I found out that they were like $22 million a year financial publisher. And they had some of the best and most expensive copywriters in the business working for them. So I was like, okay, you know, I got to study what these guys are doing. Right. And so I started like reverse engineering it. And I, when I, once I did, I started adding it into what I was doing, but I did it in my own little way. I started combining it with other, other stuff that I'd learned. And it was working like crazy for me. Mm. Um, you know, at that time I was doing work for Frank Kern, the, you know, legendary marketer. Um, I was designing a bunch of stuff for him for mass control, which is like one of his biggest products. And instead of paying me, I asked him to teach me, you know, let me have access to the course, teach me whatever you can teach me instead of paying me. Um, and that turned out to be one of the best decisions I made. I could only Um, imagine. Yeah. And so I really, I got to learn from him directly. Um, I I was in a mastermind with him for like a year and a half. um, And I really got to see all the stuff he was doing. And then I started incorporating that stuff into what I was already doing. And it was like lighting, you know, it was like putting gasoline on a fire at that point. Um, You know, and so I really started creating these, these sequences, you know, and you know it from, from being in the course, right? There's, Mm -hmm. there's three campaigns um, that we really focus on. We, we first create desire, with a desire campaign. Then step two is we intensify the desire with an intensification campaign. Um, you know, now I think it's a little bit more advanced. We can add step three, which is like a cart recovery, abandoned cart. If you right. have, if you have the ability to do that, uh, step four would be amplifying their desire with an amplification campaign. And then you can even add in step five, which would be like a win back campaign to win back their attention. Um, you know, and started adding in these pieces and it really like, it was like putting gasoline on a fire. That was, that's like the only way I can really explain it to, to really make sense. Right. Um, and, and just for clarity for people listening, you know, you're referring to stuff that's currently in your list convert course um, that I am very happy to be a part of and that I've learned so much just by going through it. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah so like, you know, to, to, to give it more context, like a desire campaign is, you know, when somebody opts in, it's designed to get somebody wanting what you're offering. Mm-hmm. So the old way of doing it was that you just send nonstop pitches to buy your stuff. The new way of doing it is to send content that positions you as an authority while providing massive goodwill. Okay. Right. So there's a difference in the way that we're emailing people once they opt in uh, compared to, you know, what, what a lot of people are doing. And so, um, yeah, like I knew that if somebody opts in, they clicked, you know, an email, uh, they consumed content, that they're a much hotter prospect and they're more open to accepting an offer. And so that's when I hit them with the intensification campaign, right? I make an offer to people once they're in the right frame of mind. The frame of mind is the key, right? It's like asking a woman out on a date. If you ask her out and you just say, hello, let's go out on a date, she's probably going to say no when you, right when you meet her. But if you have a conversation with her first and then she sees that, oh, you're a nice guy, you know, you're cute, you're a nice guy, yes. you're funny, then she's in the right frame of mind to, to accept a, a date. And what we're really talking about here is just a psychological process that every person goes through whenever they're assessing anything. And in this sense, whether it's a date with somebody or it's a product or it's like, we're talking about assessing resources and we're talking about the fact that, you know, there's a trade-off for resources. Do I want to spend or expend my time or money for what's in front of me, whether it's going on a date or whether it's buying a product or whatever. And what I hear from you is, you know, you, you know, you kind of like, I want to say you've hacked into the process, but you have an understanding of the way the mind makes those decisions whether it's intuitive or counterintuitive. And that's what you lean on when you're sending your messaging out to people and when you're timing the specific messages that you're sending. hundred percent. And you know, this goes back to just from my experience, really getting the sales experience in the boiler rooms, Mm -hmm. then really getting very good with, you know, dating uh, and and online dating and and meeting women um, and really learning the psychology and, you know, it's one thing to read a book on psychology. It's another thing to experience it and go through it in real life right. and make sh- and see it work for yourself in real life. Um, and it all, it, well, it works differently too, because it's like, it's all related in the sense that there's a foundation there. It's kind of like, you know, when you're baking, like the laws of physics of how much you're like, what the heat of an oven is going to do. And sure, you throw in different ingredients, but the foundation's there. So that's why, whether you're selling someone on a product or you're trying to get a date with someone or anything else, you can take a lot of the pieces and just like tweak them a little bit in order to get the result that you want. Yeah, because at the end of the day, people are people, Mm -hmm. right? Like the human mind is the human mind. And once you understand how that works, it's just applying it in a different context. So at that, you know, at that point, you know, I really understood, you know, how things worked um, and I, I really understood. And so the key difference is give value first and then make an offer after they've consumed the content and they're, they're in the right frame of mind. And so like the old way of doing it was try very hard to quote unquote close people and oversell, which makes you come off very desperate and needy. The new way is to give them cool stuff that will help them once they indicate interest. Hmm. Okay. And so then on the third, the third campaign, which would be the amplification campaign, this is once somebody buys your stuff and that's designed to turn customers into raving fans and then repeat buyers. And so like Mm -hmm. the old way of doing it would be to somebody buys your stuff and then you just blast the hell out of them with offers 
and, and just really turn them off. The, the new way of doing it is to build a relationship with them first, and then they'll buy everything from you afterwards. Right. I love it. And, you know, the beauty is this process creates wins across the board because it forces the person selling to deliver value and it weeds out people that don't appreciate the value. Yeah, because you, you really want to be polarizing to your audience. Like if and you just really want to be yourself, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so if people are going to unsubscribe from that, there's no way in fucking hell they're going to give you a dime. Right. So I want people to unsubscribe. Right. There's emails. Well, I tell them, like, if you, you know, if you're not opening the email, this is not for you. You should click the unsubscribe link. Right. Like. And, and that has to also do with like deliverability. You, you want people that are actually engaged enough to open the emails so that your list provider is confident to deliver to the primary inbox. Yep. Which I guess could kind of lead me to, to the next thing I could, I, I could kind of explain. So um, I'm, I'm just kind of remembering this stuff as, as we're talking, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, the, just how the whole, you know, the whole story kind of happened. And so, um, so I built this machine at this point, right? This was like the second phase, right? So I, I had built this machine, these automated campaigns now, um, and I was getting sales consistently from this. Um, you know, this offer was running for 13 years. Um, I think we did like 3.1 million in sales, uh, over which sounds great, but it was over 13 years. So right. I mean, you you can kind of do the math. Still a great, great living, um, great income, and it was pretty much all through these emails. Um, you know, I sucked at SEO. I, I spent a ton of money in paid ads and I, and I, I really sucked with that, with that. Um, you know, I, I was okay at, at affiliates just because I had a hot offer. So they were all coming to me, but I hated playing the, the, the game and, you know, reciprocity and, you know, um, I mailed for you, you got to mail for me. I, I fucking hated that bullshit. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> um, I was running the offer for a few years at this point. My list was getting quite big. And at this point, there was like more and more competition coming into the market because the the pickup market, the dating market, the men's dating space was like the hottest market at that time. Uh, My friend, Neil Strauss, wrote a book, The Game. We were all in it. Um, He mentioned all all the things we were all doing. So like there there was a lot of visibility on the market. And so some of the people that were coming into the market were even copying my product and my sales letter, like almost word for word. I mean, that's how cutthroat it was. Wow. and so like I was nervous that I could lose somebody's attention at any moment, right? And so that's when I discovered like how to really keep your list alive for years, how to keep your open rates high, how to make sure your emails consistently reach the, the, the inbox. Um, and, you know, like people always think that it's like this whole secret or like a hack or some technical thing to, to get into the inbox. And like, of course there's always going to be some of those things that work here and there, but they're, they're like band-aids. They're not going to fix things for a consistent period of time. If you have poor habits of, of emailing. So um, in a few months, you'll end up back in the same situation, almost like, like, like a yo-yo, um, mm. you know, like Gmail, Yahoo, all these email platforms are, are getting more and more sophisticated at filtering spam and, and unwanted messages. So you really have to give people what they want. And so giving people what they want and being good at email comes down to one thing. And it's kind of what we, what, pretty much what we've been talking about, human psychology, mm. really understanding human psychology. So, you know, I had this list. I was mailing every single day, okay, which is something that a lot of people don't do, 
right? I, I knew that if I was making email, uh, making money three times a week, what happened if I emailed five times a week? And so what I started noticing is the more I was mailing, the more money I was making. So I, I started emailing every single day. Um, and so I was really nervous that I could lose people's attention because of all this competition. Um, uh, so I started testing a lot of different things in my emails every day. And then I started really seeing a lot of patterns with how people were responding. And I, I figured out a few things that I, I think were really, really valuable and I think will really help everybody. So, uh, the first thing I really discovered was that people get bored seeing the same emails over and over again. Hmm. Right. And it, it doesn't matter how great of a copywriter you are or how, how great the copywriter you hire is. People get bored of the same stuff over and over again. Like question for you, Andrew, what's your favorite food to eat? Hmm. Of uh, lasagna. So if I gave you lasagna for like two weeks in a row, <laughs> it'll be old. Probably, probably a weekend. I'll, I'll go a week and then, or maybe even like four days, but yeah, like no matter how good it is, I'm going to get sick of it. Yeah. So like I have this thing with my wife, like we'll go to the, the, the supermarket and then there's like this Italian section and they have this like fresh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, not tortellini. It's, um, ravioli. Mm -hmm. And we're always like, Oh, this looks so good. You know? So we'll get it and we'll, we'll make like this nice ravioli and stuff. And then literally after we're done, we're like, no, we're not touching <laughs> this stuff again. Like after one night, but if we have it for like, a, like leftovers for the next day and we're like, Oh God, I, I never want to see this shit again. Right. So now like we go, we drive by that, you know, like with the, with the car, we drive by that aisle and we're like, Nope, Nope, Nope. I won't even look at it. And, and it's just the way humans are hardwired. You know, mm -hmm. like you get bored of the same things over and over again. Um, a really good example is uh, there's a show called uh, Bar Rescue. Have you ever mm -hmm. seen it? Yep. With John Taffer. Really cool show, especially if you're into like marketing and stuff like that and split testing. And, um, you know, I, I, I geek out on that stuff. But the show follows the same exact format all the time. Right. He, he mm -hmm. goes into the bar. He does a, like he, he, he has the cameras rolling. You, you, you know, they don't know that he's there or, or his assistant is there. They see how fucked up everything is. He goes in and like tells them like, I was spying on you. I know how fucked up everything is. Um, <laughs> they, they fix everything. They do a stress test. They, you know, they train everybody and then everything is good. That's like the whole process for the same show. And if you watch a few of them, you just kind of like mentally are like, eh, I already yeah. know what's coming next. I That's do that for, uh, for pawn stars too. Yeah. Um, yeah, where like you, you hear negotiation that the same reaction and everything. It's the same thing over and over again. So yeah. that's just how people are hardwired and it's, it's especially true with email. So if you keep doing the same kind of emails over and over again, you know, people are just going to tune you out. Uh, the second thing that I really noticed is that people respond differently. And so there's, everybody doesn't respond to the same thing right? There's certain mm -hmm. people on your list that I would call hyper clickers. It, like, it doesn't matter what you email them. They're just going to click. And a lot of them are just going to buy because they're just hyper clickers. There's other people on your list that will never click those, those emails. They need like facts, numbers, statistics to decide something, right? right? That's the only thing that's going to make them make a decision. There's other people on your list that could give a flying fuck about that stuff. And the only thing they care about is a, a good story like a good testimonial or case study that, that they can relate to. And once they relate to that person, they buy. There's other people on your list that don't give a, don't give a shit about any of that stuff. The only thing that makes them move is scarcity and urgency. Like there's a countdown timer in the email or 
you know, you only have like 30 minutes left, uh, you know, or there's only five more units left. That's the only thing that's going to make them act. And so not everybody responds to the same thing. And then I think the third thing, which kind of ties into, to, you know, the first two is that if you keep sending the same type of emails, eventually people are just going to tune you out. Right. Right. So in the dating space, uh, you know, Eben was sending these long Q and a emails mostly, and they were just packed with a lot of value. Uh, but they're also hard to get to inbox and they take a lot of time to write. And yeah, eventually you just kind of get bored of them. Right. So you have to mix things up. And so to really overcome this, you have to use different types of emails, different modalities. You know, remember that old thing, like, you know, people, you know, feel, see, you know, like some people are kinesthetic, some people Mm -hmm. are uh, auditory, some people are visual. Well, it's the same thing with email, right? right? Some people respond more to visual stuff. Some people respond more to auditory stuff. So why not send them a link to a podcast? Why not send them a link to a video? Right. And so by doing this, you really keep people on their toes and they're really unsure of what's coming next. And this goes back to, to dating, right? Like when, um, perfect example, do you ever see the movie Euro trip? Yes. Yeah. Great movie. Right. Like so funny, like stupid, funny movie, like from, from years ago, but in the beginning of the movie, the, the guy Scotty is going out with this, you know, attractive girl and she's bored of him. Why? Like, you know, they have the song with Matt Damon. She's, you know, at, at the party, Scotty doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so funny because like she, you know, she's like, you're too, pre- you're, you're too predictable and predictable is boring. Yeah. Same thing here. You're too predictable. They already know what's coming. Oh, great. Here they go again. Here's another Friday promotion email. Every Friday, I get the same type of promotions. Every Monday, I get the same motivation email, right? Ugh. I already know what's coming. I'm just going to delete it. Now, there, there's a bad news in this in the sense that, you know, it means people listening that want to do well have to work a lot harder and, and think a lot better and be more creative. But what's also there's a brilliance baked in because by doing that, it makes you automatically more successful because it forces you just through the process to engage better with the people anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's forcing you to up your game mm-hmm. and, you know, like you're fighting for people's attention, right? Like if you go into your Gmail inbox right now and then three hours later go into your inbox, it's probably going to be a completely different first page. Oh yeah. You're fighting for people's attention, right? And, and attention is the, the, the currency. And if people know what's coming next, you know, you're predictable, you're boring. So you have to use that, that, you know, you have to use that to keep people on, on your toes. Um, I'll tell you just to throw a little extra insight into that. Um, you know, a lot of people listening here are entrepreneurs and, you know, they have their companies and agencies, meaning they're working with other entrepreneurs. Me as an entrepreneur myself, part of my inbox is clogged up in a good way. Like I am so grateful and I'll take it any day. It's clogged up with um, payment notifications that, that a sale came in and I wouldn't Nothing have it any other that, right? way. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. I, and it's part of my process. I, I need to see it because um, I need to know when they come in because sometimes um, Aweber that I use um, doesn't let someone's email address in. So I've got to see the discrepancy, blah, blah, blah. But it's a perfect example where like my inbox, you got to like fight for my attention through those payment notifications among everything else. Like there's so much other stuff going on. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's why the, you know, the, the currency is, is attention. Yes. Um, and, and then, you know, going back to it is when you mix things up, it breaks up the monotony and then people actually look forward to what's coming next because they don't know. 
right? Like if they don't know what your next email is going to be, whether it's a video email, a podcast, an article, uh, you know, a, a tip, um, an introduction, whatever it is, um, you know, the, they want to read it. They want to see what's in it. And so mm-hmm. the, the real key distinction here is there's a huge difference between people wanting to get your emails and opening them and saving them and even sharing them because there's good shit inside versus, you know, people not opening them. And then you're trying to hack your way into the inbox. Mm. Huge difference. Right. Right. Huge difference. And then really, if you, to, to, to go back to the, the third point is that if you keep sending the same type of emails and you keep speaking to the same type of person on your list, you're missing out on a huge chunk of potential buyers that are just sitting on your list. They're just waiting to buy something. You just have to speak their language. Mm-hmm. And right. if you don't, they're just going to tune you out eventually because you're not communicating with them in a way that makes sense for them. Right. Um, that kind of reminded me of one thing I wanted to check in with you about, because um, obviously, you know, you talk about like the insider internet dating product. You were the expert, like you, you basically taught what you did. But if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong on this, you also have a, a golf product that you sell where you're not the expert, right? Yeah. So... Kind of, you know, it goes back to what, what we said or what you said earlier. Um, you know, I, I, in the back of my mind, while this was ho- all happening, I, I always felt like I got lucky, mm. right? Like I was in the right place at the right time and, and things just happened. So always in the back of my mind, I had this little bit of doubt. Could I do it again? Like, was it a fluke, right? Like, did I just get lucky? You know, was the universe or God looking over me, you know? Um, I always had that like little bit of doubt in the back of my mind. And I think that's probably normal maybe for a lot of people. Um, and so I was looking for something else to do. Um, I knew a guy from, from high school, um, who was trying to, you know, he, he bumped into me at whole foods one day. He he said, he saw me on a internet marketing DVD from a seminar that he saw and he recognized me in the audience, which was kind of funny. It was a, a, a seminar that was at from Eben Pagan, um, and so I bumped in him, into him at Whole Foods. Um, we, we, you know, we, we met up a few times and I saw that he had a good golf product um, or I thought it was a good, good golf product, but he just couldn't sell it. He didn't know like what the hell he was doing. So I figured, you know, this would be a good way to like, like a test kind of really mm-hmm. like a test to see like, could I do it again? Right. Like, did I just get lucky or, or you know, do I, have, do I still have the mojo? Yeah. And, um, and also I imagine there's a, there's a concern in the back of your head that the dating thing won't last forever. And just in case you want to have something else in the fire, right? You know, I never thought it was going to end. Honestly, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember, uh, after the interview with Evan, he told me you're going to make money from this interview for years and years and years, like almost to the, to the T that's what he told me. I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, and so I never thought it was going to end. Like I had everything running so consistently every year um, that I just never thought it was going to end. Wow. Um, Wonderful. Better, healthier perspective. Pr- probably naive. It was probably a little naive of me to, to, to think that because it, 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 you know, it eventually, you know, pretty much did end, um, you know, probably like 13 years into it or so. Um, but um you know, I always thought I was, I was lucky at this point. Uh, so I wanted to try something new. So I literally like took his product as if it was a new product. I rebranded it. I, I had to really work on the product to make it good enough to, to sell. Um, I wrote a whole sales funnel, VSL, everything. Um, and we launched and it really sucked in the beginning. Um, but I saw the potential, 
And so I kept working at it, kept, you know, tweaking and split testing and um, just little by little. And eventually we just, I hit the right combination of landing page, VSL, everything. And, mm. and it just took off and it really took off. Uh, unfortunately, um, I had a bad choice of quote unquote partners. Um, it, it just ended up being a complete shit show. Uh, the guy ended up stealing all the money and disappearing. Really? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, really, really bad situation. But, um, you know, he, people make their own decisions. And uh, of course it was a really foolish one of, on his part. Um, but it happens, you know, it, yeah. it totally happens, but I feel like I wasted a few years uh, on that side. Um, well, you know, besides burning a bri- besides like being a dick, what a, what a bridge to burn. Like it's the, yeah. it's so, stu- so stupid. Yeah. And the crazy thing is we were working, I was working with him on an, on a weight loss offer that I knew would have done really, really well. Um, mm. and obviously that's never going to happen at this point. Um, but you know, it really taught me a lesson of, of you know, be careful who you pick partner, you know, who you partner with. Um, yeah. even though you, you, you know them for many years, um, you really have to, be a better judge of character um, and, and just, you know, really be a better judge of character. Um, but, you know, it happens in life, you know, nothing, nothing always works every single time. Um, but I think for me, I really learned the lesson that, you know, yeah, maybe I did get lucky in the right place at the right time the first time, but I was able to do it again. And so I had more confidence at that point, um, you know, that, that something was going to work. Um, yeah it's a legitimate life skill it isn't just luck of the draw like this is something that obviously is not easy but can be repeated yeah and i think you just need the confidence in yourself to do that and i was lacking that a little bit because i had that doubt but at this point you know i I really had no doubt uh, because i was able to do it again i love it and so if i'm not mistaken like your company does this for other people like what what's the involvement of your of your company for people that hire you so um, I ended up starting after this this golf thing. I started an uh, an email agency. We work with uh, e commerce stores, mm-hmm. and and we just do it all for them. We ha- we take the email off their plate, and we just come in as a part of their team and, and just do it all for them. So it, it's it, it's a done. So for their you part service. is the, uh, their parts the product creation and fulfillment, and your parts the selling of it. Yeah, so we work with stores that are already doing, you know, six figures a month. Um, and it's e-commerce stores, you know, they're selling t-shirts, uh, clothes, supplements, you know, real, you know, real stores. Um, mm. So they're already doing well. Um, and we just come in and, and just pour gasoline on the fire. You know, we help them, you know, add, you know, 20, 30, 40% to their revenues. And it's all, all done for them. And, and actually, you know, the way that this started was kind of by accident. Um, you know, after the golf situation, uh, you know, I kind of wasn't sure what I was going to do next. Um, you know, I was kind of not, I was kind of unsure. I had a, you know, a few months where I was, Hmm, you know, like what's my next move. Um, and you know, luckily I saved a lot of money, so I wasn't like stressing about money or anything like that, but I was just kind of bored, uh, not sure what I was going to do. Um, I met a guy in one of the Facebook groups who was from the same, he lives in the same area as me and he was from the same country as my wife. My wife is from a small country in South America, Uruguay. Mm. So I figured, Hmm, you know, maybe his wife is from Uruguay. Maybe him and my wife can connect, you know, and you know, so we would meet at Starbucks maybe like 15 minutes from me and we would work, but we just had a good vibe at, at the time. We had a good vibe. He was doing his stuff. He was doing affiliate marketing at the time I was doing, still selling the info product stuff. Um, and one day he comes into the Starbucks and he's like, look at this. 
you know, he shows me his phone, iPhone and it's, he's got like a screenshot, not a screenshot, but an app. And it's showing like the sales for the day. And it was like $56,000 for the day. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, what are you doing, dude? What happened like to the affiliate stuff? And he's like, bro, he had this like raspy, like Latin voice. And he's like, bro, Shopify, drop shipping. I got to show you this shit. So long story short, we're working one day and I noticed that he's not sending any emails. Mm. Right. And I was like, Hmm, how can I add value to what he's doing? And I said, emails. So I said, Hey, you know, you're, I noticed you're not sending any emails. Maybe we could put up a, like an abandoned cart campaign. So it took me like 10 minutes. I wrote up three emails. We stuck it in one of the apps, one of the Shopify apps. Didn't think anything of it. This was an, like an August of that year. Um, we, you know, he was working on, on some other stuff. We kind of lost touch a little bit. And then six months later, he messages me. I think it was around the holidays. And he's like, bro, remember those emails you made? I'm doing like a really bad impersonation of his, <laughs> of his voice. I'm sure he'll love it if he hears it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, bro, remember those emails you made for me? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She sends me a screenshot, like $300,000 in sales. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, shit. Congrats. Uh, and he's like, can I, can you do more emails for me? And can I send you some of my students? Cause he was teaching e-commerce at that point, oh, like how to do drop shipping and Shopify. Nice. Nice. So I was like, Hmm, okay. Maybe there's something here. Yes. So I contacted a guy that I knew that was really good at, at the, uh, the email platform. We use this uh, email software called Clavio, which is, uh, you know, for, for e-commerce. So I contacted him. I said, Hey man, I need a, you know, I need a partner with you on this. I have customers coming in. I need help. And he was totally gung ho. Um, you know, so we started the agency. This was like two and a half years ago. And um, yeah, that's how it started. It was just by accident. Um, I had no intention of doing it, um, but I saw the opportunity. I was at that time, I was working on an email tracking software, um, which I'm, I'm just remembering all the stuff from back then. So I was working on an email tracking software. I had spent almost six figures uh, on it in terms of development and then only to realize it wasn't selling too well. Mm. Right. I was doing these webinars, um, you know, at, at that time I was doing these webinars and, you know, some people were buying, but it wasn't selling like crazy, but I was noticing nobody was actually logging into the software, which, you know, typical internet marketing stuff, mm-hmm. people buy stuff and they don't use it. Yeah. It just sits um, there. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was like, I had a choice, like either pour more money into this, which is not really selling too well, or I've got somebody sending me clients and this looks like it's taking off. And so I really, you know, I had this analogy of like going with the flow, like Mm -hmm. going against the tide of the, you know, like the, the current of the river. And when I was doing the software, I kept feeling like I was going against the current of the river. Everything just seemed to be a struggle. I I felt like I was spending money after money after money and money wasn't coming in. And, you know, it it was just like a, a pain in the ass. I felt like I was really just going against the current of the river. Um, and then I kept saying to myself, like, that's, I'm not in the zone. I'm not, this, this is how I'm, I know I'm not doing the right thing. Like everything is a challenge. Everything is difficult. And then this thing just comes along and it's like, it's like going with like in a water slide. Like, you know, you just sit down and you just, you just go. Um, and it just, it was just easy. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. It was just happening. And so like, I made the decision, like stop the software, you know, eat the loss at least for now. And then, you know, focus on the other stuff. Right. And I, I like that you made that decision. I think people I think more people need to hear that. Sometimes they 
they, they tell themselves, well, I sunk this money in, even though they're not getting any momentum, it's not going. And even if they have a better opportunity right in front of them. So it's so, I'm so happy to hear someone that knows their shit like you, who's saying, listen, I just cut my losses and I moved on to something that's making me money. It's, dude, it sucks. Trust me. I like just thinking about how much money I sank into it and it just didn't go anywhere. Like, fuck man. You know, mm. like it sucked, but I was going against the, the, the stream and it, everything right. was so difficult, you know, like everything, every move I was making was so difficult. I, I was stressed out. Um, it just, life wasn't good. Right. Um, and I realized at that point, you know, just through my other stuff, like all the stuff that happened when it went good, it just happened like quick. And I'm not saying like I got fast results, but I, everything just felt easier and the results came easier. Um, and then I read a book. I think I forgot what the name of the book was. Um, I think it was from one of the guys who started Agora Publishing. Mm. And I think he says in, in the book, like all of the projects that they started that did well, it, like just out of the gate did well. All the ones that did shit, like it was a, a constant struggle. And so that kind of reinforced what I was thinking, because here you have a guy who's a multi, multi, multi millionaire, one of the most successful guys in our space. And and they're saying the same thing. Like the hundred million dollar behemoth company is saying the same thing that I'm ex- I'm experiencing right now. So that's kind of how I knew, like in my heart, that I was doing the right thing. You know, I was following my intuition, and my intuition was guiding me correctly. And I think that's like the biggest thing: you have to follow your intuition. Um, and then just getting confirmation that you're on the right path, I think, just reinforces it. For sure. For sure. And that brings me to the, the last thing I want to make sure to ask you about, even though we, we touched on it briefly, <laughs> but um, list convert, was that a, like a passion project or is that something that you're really trying to build into a huge thing, the way you build your company and the way you did insider internet dating? Like what's, what are your goals with that specifically? Um, you know, so I, the first version of that program I created when I created the software. Mm, got it. And I knew the course was really, really good, um, it is. <laughs> but it just wasn't selling. Well, the software wasn't selling. And so the, the time wasn't right back then to really launch it. Um, and then, you know, I, I had to get known outside of the dating space really. Um, and so I really made it a mission just kind of by accident on social media, just to, um, you know, just get known for, for email marketing, right. Which was what I was good at. Um, even though people in my space or people that knew me knew I was good at it, people outside really didn't know. So I had to make sure that they knew. And so just through social media and just posting and just being consistent, um, you know, I developed a a brand or a name, you know, for email and earlier this year, you know, I, I kind of figured like the time was right. Let me work on the course a little bit more. Let me beef it up a little bit and, um, and, and launch it on its own. Um, and so just to kind of see almost like a test, like a beta test. And so that's what I did. It, you know, it got really good re- reception. Um, you know, you know, from, from, you know, being inside of it, you know, the, the results you're seeing from it. Um, and so now, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm, I, I'm, I'm working on a webinar for it. Um, you know, I think I'm going to, you know, start taking that route, um, you know, start selling it through, through webinar and stuff like that. But I've just, just really been so busy with the agency. It, it's just a matter of, of time. Right. you know, of, of how we're going to do that, um, you know, where we're going to take it. Um, 
stuff like that. You know, we're you know looking at maybe incorporating more technical stuff into it, into the course. Um, you know, like depending on the platforms that people are using and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just not sure where I'm going to take it next, but uh, mm. definitely going to be through webinar. I mean, I'm I'm glad I found my way to it, and um, it's kind of hard to, to articulate and describe. But I will say what I, you know, you, you obviously a course you could take so many different things from it, but really there was um, a 72 hour um, email campaign that you put in there that inspired moves that I made back in March in order to keep my numbers healthy when all the COVID stuff was going on. So it was, it was your course and your inspiration idea that helped me push and, and make adjustments that really helped things go a little, like a lot better for me that carried over into April and May and now in June. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. So like what specifically, how, how do you, how do you implement it? Well, for believe it, like it was a thing where I, I used the 72 hour campaign and I, and I just tweaked it to, to give the specifics and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hedging on the details just because um, it, they kind of like only make sense to the people that were on the, on the call, but it basically changed the whole approach to one of the info products that I was selling where mm-hmm. I changed the price and I changed the webinar and I left the door open for a lot more people to actually consume the product. Um, that's awesome. And I, I know that's um, the, the details are, are hazy, but I did, you know, I will say, and I want to give credit where credit was due. Like you were kind of like the, the inspiration that the thing that I took from that 72 hour campaign that you had in the course just mm-hmm. informed. It's kind of like, it's that seed that grows into something huge where that, that was the beginning right. of it. Kind of like the way you said, like the stuff that you learned from Eben really carried over into what you did for the ins- insider internet. Yeah, and, you, and you took it and you put your own spin on it and, and you, you implemented it. And that's, you know, so kudos to you. I mean, you, you're the one who, who did it, you know, so I'm, I'm happy just to be like a little seed uh, of inspiration. Um, you know, and that was my, my idea for the course. Like really, this is what I'm doing. This is what's working. Um, you know, here's all the campaigns, here's all the emails. So like, feel free to take them, swipe them, do whatever you want to them. Um, use them as inspiration to, to help you write. Because I, like, I think that's probably one of my, I'm not going to say it's not a superpower. It's, um, advantages maybe is mm. I hoard emails. Like, I, like uh, here, I'm on my computer right now. I'm on my Mac mail. Um, if I just check the whole inbox, Tens of thousands, um, right? <laughs> oh God, I don't even think it's gonna show at this point. There's like ninety-eight thousand emails saved. Wow. That's, yeah, that's no, right no. There. Here's more. There's more here. Uh, One hundred and seventy-four thousand seven hundred and ninety-three messages that oh, I have wow. saved, and it's. I have people categorized. I have about twenty or thirty categories of people's emails um you know some dating back from 2004 till now um we're talking like thousands of emails from specific people Mm. um and that really gives me a point of reference um because you know for me being creative um staring at a blank screen whether it's in photoshop or you know to write something it's horrible um my brain works better when i can see something and then I can get an idea from it and then turn it into something else. I love it. I love it. That's perfect. Um, and obviously, you know, to, to sell you to the audience here, I mean, just to be you know, straight up about it, obviously this articulates the care and attention that you bring to your craft and that you bring to people that, that hire you to do work on, 
on their Shopify stores and any kind of email marketing that's being done. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, really people are entrusting you with their business, you know, and you're talking about businesses that are doing seven, eight figures a year and, and mm. it's no joke. And you know, when you have, when somebody entrusts you with their business, you have to take that almost with the care that it's your own business and really make sure that you deliver. Um, you know, doubt. I think, and not just deliver, I think for us, like our mantra, uh, like my partners on his, uh, on his Mac, the, the, the wallpaper is always over, over deliver, always add more value and always over deliver. Yes. And so that's, that's really the key is, is how can you over deliver and how can you continue to add more value? So that. we're always looking at, at ways to add more value. Uh, you know, we started doing SMS, we started doing messenger, um, and just being cross omni-channel, I guess, is, is probably the word. I love it. It's funny, like on one of my Tripwire products, I tell people straight up when they that in the intro video that my goal is under-promise and over-deliver. And I say it out loud to them to kind of like challenge myself and put my feet to the fire so that if they don't think I am really over-delivering, they can kind of call me on it. So I, I could not agree more. That yeah, and it works great with like when you do like a... I guarantee like if you're not, if you don't think I'm over delivering on this product, if you don't feel like you're getting way more value than what you're paying for it, here's my email address. Let me know personally and I'll, I'll give you a refund. Mm -hmm. Love it. Oh, I love it. Um, Dave, if people want to find out more about you and, and possibly work with you and then just learn from you, like what's the best way for them to, to, uh, learn about you or get on your radar? Um, well, because I do things so ghetto with the websites at this point, um, I would say, you know, hit me up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Dave Miz, M-I-Z, um, or Instagram, you know, Dave Miz. Um, yeah. And, you know, our agency website is the email experience.com and you can see the, uh, you know, what's up there and then you can hear the, the actual, um, you know, my, 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 my first client, you can hear, you can see his video with his accent, you know, and compare it to my shitty version of his, nice. accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, his is way better. Mine, mine was horrible. Um, you know, but I tried, I love it. And I'll also, I'll put these links on the main page for this episode so that people, you know, very easy to click. Um, one last question I just want to throw at just because obviously, you know, you've, you've been through so much, you've learned so much, you've seen so much. If there was like one piece of advice that you can give to yourself when you were first starting this, first learning and first going on this journey, like what's the top piece of advice you would want to give yourself? Mm, good question. Um, I would probably say like lose my ego or any ego and, and focus on listen to your audience, right? Like that Remember that time when I mentioned, um, you know, they were asking for a MySpace product, right? Right. Like, I should have done it. I just didn't want to do it. I was so like, I was like, I'm not making another product. I'm done. And I should have made that product. I, I, I know for a fact I would have made at least another million dollars from it. I know it for, for a fact at that point. Um, so that's definitely something I wish I would have done, but I learned my lesson, you know, um, you know, and then that's the biggest, the biggest key. So beautiful. yeah, I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Awesome. Well, Mr. Dave Miz, we, we spent more time than I thought, but I could not let you go here. You're, you're like dropping value bombs here, but I want to say thank you so much for, Oh, my pleasure, for, man. Thank you. Know, you thank you for having me here. on. Yeah, man. Uh, this one of my favorite episodes yet. And you've, oh, I'm, I'm in awe. That's all I got to say. Thank you so much, my friend. 
Well, hope my pleasure, man. Hopefully, you know, people can learn from my experience. Um, you know, I, like I said, man, I went through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, um, you know, and so really cherish the time that you have, cherish the time that you have with your family, with your parents, um, you know, and, and really just cherish the time that you have right now, um, you know, because things can change in an instant, in a good way and then in a bad way, um, you know, so, you know, don't take that time for, for granted. Don't take now for granted, um, you know, like take action. Once you get inspired with an idea, don't let it sit. Just like take action. Don't, don't procrastinate. Thanks so much again for that awesome interview, Dave. I really appreciate it. Guys, I hope you really love that one. Um, in fact, now might be the time. Pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and leave a quick, honest written review letting me know what you thought about today's content. And uh, let me know how you're going to be using it and implementing it because there really is a lot of solid gold that Dave delivered just now. Um, also, you know, be on the lookout. I've got a few more awesome guests on the way in the very near future. Um, I'm finally ramping things up a bit with my, you know, my online and my upload schedule, rather. And um, hopefully it won't be long before you got another awesome episode. So uh, stick around. Stay tuned. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.